And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. This week's guests are Roberta Carter Harrison and Ken Harrison, better known as Wild Strawberries. The Canadian duo has had a bunch of hits back in Canada. We talk about their success in Canada and why it didn't translate to the States, which is unfortunate. They took a break for a couple years while they raised a family. They're back now. They released an album, Vespa 50, a couple years ago, which is fantastic. And now they're going the singles route. They released a single a month this year. We talk about that process. We talk about some of their European electronic work that Roberta worked on and how she, quote unquote, performed on top of the pops while she was pregnant. She goes into that story, which is pretty great. They were such a lovely couple. I've been a fan of them for years, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with them. Um, I've, I went to school up in Buffalo. So, okay. yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's how I discovered you guys. So, right on. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. I've had a lot of Canadian artists on just because my time up there, you know, really, you know, it's like the only thing I really got out of going up to Buffalo was, you know, the Canadian you know? <laughs> and the so, so would you have gone to shows at the trough and things or yeah i went to the trough and um i saw you guys it was actually at um it was like new world records on the oh, yeah. Yeah. avenue yeah i saw you guys there you did like a signing and did like a little like unplugged performance yeah Dude, that, that was a fun gig I really yeah that yeah that was yeah. really cool that was like down down the street from my school so cool. no way okay and it was funny because I just went on a whim. I told my friend we're just walking down, and we was like, "Yeah, let's go check it out." And then you guys were going to be there in like a little while, so I'm like, "Oh, cool, let's just check it out." Because I was I was a freshman that year, and you know, right I didn't really know anything about you guys at that point. Oh. Yeah, so because right. you know, unfortunately, your music really didn't come down to the states. No, no, unfortunately, yeah. So, except yeah. for Buffalo. Yeah, except for Buffalo, that was like, yeah. You know, <laughs> Trickle down there was good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, why do you think that that happens to Canadian artists? It's a mystery, eh? Yeah, we we had some close calls, like we were almost there. There was a, a what was the name of that? Um, Oedipus. There was a, a, a music director out of Boston who was very close to playing us, and and it seemed like everybody he started to play, all the other modern rock stations would pick up. But for whatever reason, he 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 uh, decided not to play us. We we were very close a couple of times. Right. Uh, we got in that movie Foxfire. Okay. Um, and that was that was looking really good, but then it got an R rating, so the intended audience couldn't go to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was sort of, it was targeting teens, but um, we had all these kind of near misses. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that happens. Like how do they like pick and choose like certain like Canadian artists? Like, you know, you were on, obviously, with Sarah McLaughlin's label, and, you know, she she blew up, but yet, like, you guys and, you know, other artists I, I, you know, I really enjoyed couldn't, and you're just as talented as they are. It's it's a mystery, I think, it's, you know? Yeah, just what what song resonates with, yeah. with yeah. More, more with the gatekeepers, I think. Yeah. Right. Than with, with the people, I think. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody who's championing your cause. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you think now with like obviously streaming, it's it's easier for people like to get your music? And do you, have you seen more people like in the states start to like appreciate it more or no? We um 
I mean, I, I think we, we get our Spotify demographic stuff. Right. They're, they're, they're really good at keeping data. And we do, you know, I mean, a lot of our audience is still Canada, but we still, we do have quite a few people in the States and so we, we show up on like people in Los Angeles or New York City, all, all over the States. It's, I think probably just people who initially heard us right. from Watertown or from from Canada who moved there. Okay. So if you, if you ever see someone from Canada, get it from me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> the word, you know. <laughs> I think like there's so much amazing music on Spotify, and we can hear music from all over the world. But then there's also so much music. Like there's it's. Right. There's so much amazing music. <laughs> it's it's like it's tough because half like how do you discover like like yeah. you can go to the artist that you like you know you guys or someone else that that I enjoy but how do you find that music? Yeah, That's really tough. It's it's so it's so easy to find you know it's it's out there for everybody but it's really hard to actually discover someone. That's what makes it good yeah. and bad speaking. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I know you guys have been together forever, um, but how did you guys originally meet? church church choir <laughs> yeah our families went to the same church growing up and we did sing in choir yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like was, was that basically your common like you know your common ground do you guys just have other similar interests as well music and music yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and then we got together with some of our friends in university to to form a band yeah um and they sort of one by one kind of went off to do other things and we were we were throughout our whole career we were the core two people and then we would play with other people which was kind of nice we got to you know meet lots of people in terms of uh side musicians we play with. Yeah. yeah i mean even by the time we were in buffalo it would be just you and i and then whoever was playing with us at the time right yeah 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 definitely yeah so was it always like the same like dynamic for you? Like Ken, you would just you know write music and the lyrics and word to sing. It was always been yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually. Sorry. I'm sorry. So you're not much of a singer, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did my own little side project called Boy Wonder Bread. Right. Um, it lets me sing, which is fun. But yeah, mostly we we had a division of labor from the beginning, and we we initially had other people producing. Like we worked with a guy named Peter Moore, um, and then we worked with Dave Kershaw in Vancouver and Dave Schiffman. Um, but over time, just you know, our as record budgets shrink, we sort of as an austerity kind of measures, we just we produce our own music now. Right. So like after like you know the church choir. Is that when you guys started, hey, let's just start, you know, like writing music, performing, and like, where were you performing? Oh, man, we did stuff at church, for sure. Um, Weddings, friends' weddings, relatives' weddings. We did some singing. We tried to busk for a little bit. Yeah, we did try to busk as Wild Strawberries. I don't think before Wild Strawberries. Not before Wild Strawberries, no. You did have, you did do some stuff on CFNY before Wild Strawberries. Yeah. On the edge. Right. Yeah, they had all these, I, and they may still have them, they had all these contests where you would submit your song to try to get on the radio. And then the, and the station in Toronto, CFNY 102.1, was really good at having an annual contest where you could, sort of, lots of unsigned bands could submit. Yeah. 
So I sang backups for that, but we weren't Wild Strawberries yet. No, no. Um, we did we did submit as Wild Strawberries, and that was kind of part eventually, of yes. our getting some popularity. Yes. And that's how, and and uh, that's how they uh, selected your song, right? You, you won the yes. contest, right? That's yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. By a time yeah. that was crying shame at that, was at that time, shame. yeah. And that was our original gaggle of of university friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, what are the content like? What was like the, the pride just getting your song on the on the on the radio, or was there anything like involved with like a record deal or anything like that? There was no record deal, but we got a lot of gear, uh, gear from Saved by Technology was was okay. one of the music stores in Toronto at the time. They've still since been bought out by Long McQuaid. Right. Um, but I remember we got an Atari ST ten ten forty, I think. Um, big deal. Which was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was our our first. Uh, so we started to be able to at least, you know, uh, kind of record a little bit at home using that. I think they put out a compilation CD, probably. Yeah, did they? yeah, we got yeah. on the, on their compilation. Yeah, and they played us a lot on the radio, which really helped. Yeah, yeah. Jenny lost her job on every day She looks so disconnected but she's really afraid My, my money's gonna fade away She says, oh, what a crying shame Lewis on the corner reading resumes He found them in the alley by the fire escape The letter in his pocket, it says anything Oh
Yeah, I think that was the first time, I mean, after the Buffalo show, I, think, uh, I was fortunate enough to hear you on that station, which, you know, bled down into Buffalo. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Right. That was really it's good, yeah. Influential station, for sure. Yeah. 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 Because uh, the Buffalo stations weren't very good, in my opinion, so I was lucky enough to get all the Canadian stations. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. That Later on, there was a station I think in Niagara Falls that was that was playing kind of a similar playlist to why They were kind of I forgot. Yeah, their name. yeah, that's right. Was it the river, maybe? Maybe the river. Yeah, I visited mm-hmm. one. It was. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I think was it the Edge that also played like like kind of like throwback music at every night for like an hour and a half or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's like 80s Canadian alternatives. Yeah. Bands. Yeah. They always had um, Alan Cross was a champion, champion like the the history of new music and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. So then after you get your you get your gear and you start recording, um, how long did it take you guys to actually get on a label? Yeah. So we started with an independent release. Like when Crying Shame came out, did we already have Grace recorded as an album? When Crying Shame went on CFNY's yeah. contest? Yes. See, the details yes. are pretty murky. It's that a would long have been time a- ago. 89. Yeah. And then 89. 90 to 91, we start. Oh, no, no, no. Grace would have been 90, 91. Yeah. So Crying Shame, was it? Did we just have the single done? Yeah. And then yeah. we did Life Says Marilyn Monroe. And we put that out as an independent yeah. um, release. Through A and M Records, but we put it out with a, an indie label called Strawberry Records. Yes. Sort of put together for us. Yeah. By um. Yeah. What was his name? Tony. Tony Darris. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We we were with them for one record. One record. And then during that record, we um we that was our first Canadian tour. Like we toured across yes. Canada with that. Yes. And we opened up for, was it Ginger? The, the sort of the next group after Grapes of Wrath had sort of disbanded and then they formed a group called Ginger. Yes. We got a show with them at the Town Pump. Right. And it was at that show that Sarah McLaughlin's band had, they just returned from their European tour and they were um, there to see their buddies, Ginger, but they happened to get there early enough to see us open. And that started our friendship yeah. with that whole crew and then eventually got assigned to Network. Right. So after the Strawberry Records slash A and M release, then we put the next record out with Network. Yeah. 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 Right. And the one on Strawberry that was Bet You Think I'm Lonely, right? That's yes, right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Which is a great, great album too. And uh, of course, we're recording this on Sunday, and one of my favorite songs. Everyone's got the blues on <laughs> Sunday. A bit. Bad joke, but I gotta say that anyway. Everyone's got the blues on Sunday 
You actually made some really good videos on that. You know, Life Size Marilyn Monroe is a you know fantastic video, and like every video, your your look has changed, Roberta. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I'm sure <laughs> that was like intentional, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to. Oh, I I love that part of the. I just love that part of the whole deal back then. The right. the the look, and, you know, pulling a look together and changing it all the time. Yeah, I miss that. That was really fun. Yeah. Uh, was, was that your guys' idea, or was it the director, like, who kind of came up with all your, like, video ideas? Yeah, um, a, a combination, I would say. Life Says Marilyn Monroe was a good friend, Patrick um, Sysom, and he was studying film at New York, yeah. NY, what was it? NY, uh, and New NY York Film School, is that right? Yeah. It was, like, a really a good school, um, and we, it was shot in New York City. Yeah. And in the woods. In the snow, it was I, very cool. The woods might have been in Connecticut. Yeah. We had to try drive a ways to get there. Yeah. Um, and that was, I mean, we had shot a video for Crying Shame. So Crying Shame was, or Marilyn Monroe's first, though. Is that right? Did we shoot Marilyn first or Crying Shame Crying first? Crying Shame first. Okay, so Marilyn yeah, was our second video. Because Braz was still with us. That's right. And he had left by, by Marilyn. I think he had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, quite an experience. Um, um and it was always always a combination, I think, of the director, um, and yeah, just I was I was just generally game for whatever people had in mind, you know, right. whether it was climbing around in a clothes dryer or you know, <laughs> yeah. doing you know what, whatever they had in mind. I was always up for whatever. Right. So that's I think what mostly our main director has been Lisa Mann, 
And that is what she loves about working with me is I'm pretty much game for anything. Right. Of all the videos, which one is your favorite to shoot? Oh, man. That's a difficult question. Um, well, one that hasn't actually been seen. Really, really fun, though. It really was a lot of work. It wasn't a holiday, but we did go to Costa Rica and shoot a video for heroin. Okay. Um, and heroin is, uh, the album cover is me with a vacuum cleaner, very distinctive 1950s look. And so we took that idea and made a whole video for the song heroin. And I literally pushed that vacuum cleaner around Costa Rica through the sand and through the jungle and through the towns. Um, and it was amazing, but um, the quality of the film wasn't good enough, so they didn't release it. But it's pretty cool, and it was really amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that that cover was great. What was the who came up with the idea of you? You know, with the vacuum and the fifties look. That that was that was pretty uh, pretty neat. Probably I think it was Hill. Hill Papard, yeah. the photographer. The guy, the guy who shot it. Yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah, he was great. I mean, I was really into the clothing. That was what I was wearing at the time. Right. I was shopping in Kensington Market in Toronto, and that was from the Pineapple Room, that dress. Yeah. Um, so I just arrived at the photo shoot with all kinds of stuff, but he was very much into that era as the well. vacuum. It was just at his... I think that was his vacuum, At his yeah. loft. He had one of those yeah. loft workspaces. Yeah. He was yeah. making martinis and that whole thing. Yeah, he was yeah. stuffed. Yeah. yeah. So it was a fun shoot then. <laughs> it was a really fun was, uh, shoot. <laughs> he used to have these. He was really into 3D cameras, so which like the kind where you actually had to have the viewer. Right. Have these 3D parties. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Pass around the viewer. It's fun. Out of the, that's, it's great. Yeah. So then your first your first album on network was heroin then. So it was that. That's right. Yeah. So did, did that get a lot of like uh, like play and like kind of like promotion? Yeah. Like, they were your... hard for us on that yeah. one. That was great. Yeah. yeah Radio yeah. play, video. Yeah. Went gold in Canada. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you got the Juno Award as a result of that. Yeah, right? we got nominated. Nominated. Yeah. Moist. Yeah. We got beat up we by up, Moist. We were up during the Moist times <laughs> and they were huge. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was fun. Yeah, people don't know that Junos are like the Canadian Grammys, so people don't know. should know because I mention it a lot, but yeah. Uh, I know Sarah played on one of your, one of your songs, and it's with the guitar, yeah, uh, I don't want to think about it.
did she like give you guys any of a, a push too? Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, playing on the song for sure. We 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 had recorded a lot of heroin back in Toronto, um, and then Dave Kershaw, who had played keyboards with Sarah, um, was mixing it, and yeah. then ended up recording a few extra tracks, including her guitar, um, out in Vancouver. Um, and so that was that was amazing. And then she invited us on Lil Affair. What would that have been? The next summer, two summers later. Yeah, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven, we went out for I think three or four years all together on yeah. the little fair tour. Um, so she was an amazing help. Yeah, really yeah. generous. I mean, and she was basically the one who said to Terry McBride, yes. "Listen to this. You, you, you got to sign, sign these up. guys." Yeah. She was yeah. really, she was really great. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, she would invite us to stay with her when we were in Vancouver, and she stayed with us a couple times in Toronto when she was out. Like she mm. was. Really wonderful, very down to earth, very sweet person. Because yeah, uh, that was right before I think uh, servicing came out, and that was uh, bubbling towards ecstasy, which is like one of my all time yeah. favorite albums. And that's a, you know, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Now the little fair, it's one of my regrets in life is not seeing that. Um, oh. Yeah, so I'm sure your experience doing that was 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 great. Yeah, yes. it was amazing yeah it was amazing i was pregnant the first summer and then we had our first um our first child georgia with us for the next three i think it was three after that hey she came on the yeah. road with us yeah. um and yeah just an amazing experience hauling her around on on those gigs with us yeah yeah so like was how long after like having her or maybe having your second kid did you like kind of like scale back a little bit and kind of realize that this wasn't a life for you know children <laughs> yeah so traveling with with one was doable and we always had somebody with us to help right. but but it was often like one of my sisters I have three sisters my mom came up to um was it yellow knife she came up to us yeah. like there was always somebody and then eventually um a, a young friend came with us for a lot of the tours um Sarah Cooper she used to sell our T-shirts, and then she kind of came into the role of, of nanny. But we never hired, like, a professional nanny. We just had good close friends or relatives. Yeah. And sort of just tag team. Whoever was available would come out with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when our second Ruby was born, just got that much more complicated and difficult. And we decided, Ken decided he would rather stay home with the girls. And I went out for a while, and we just replaced Ken with a second guitar player. But it just was not the same. I mean, sonically, for sure, it wasn't the same. And it just wasn't Wild Strawberries anymore without Ken. So that didn't last long. And then we just finally, my memory is, we were just finally ready to go again. We booked a tour. I was doing press for um, Deformative Years. We had the album ready. We shot a video. And then I started to feel really awful. And then I found out I was pregnant with twins. So that was the end of that. Yeah. And we never went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we still yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're yeah. only fifteen now. They're fourteen, those twins, and they're fantastic and um and they're actually helping us make videos and they're playing on our, our singles, our songs, and they're amazing. Someday maybe, but we just never yeah. went back on the road. Right. Well if you ever do you gotta you know, at least try to make it to Buffalo, or so I can you make betcha. a road trip. Do kids appreciate your music? Do they do they like it? They do. Yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, and they are getting a little bit um, a little bit involved now, which is really fun. 
Right, yeah, no, I saw that they're working on your videos now too and playing, you know, back up, right? Yeah, yeah. Some, some horns and some bass. Yeah, and that's bass. really fun. That's good. That's great. Now I see like you, you uh, each month now you're releasing a single, which, which, is, which is really cool. And I saw it halfway gone. Heard that last week. And, right. Um, yeah. So now you guys just kind of like working a couple of weeks ahead to release it. Do you have these planned out or are you just releasing each month? far ahead of you on these singles <laughs> um so they're i think we're there's basically written up until like mid-summer we're we're always about six songs ahead <laughs> um we, but the nice thing about this monthly release thing is we can um we can kind of adjust it if something if something occurs that's a little seems a little bit more like we should release it right now we we don't have to sort of the to sort of wait for a whole release cycle to get it out. 
right. Um, uh, so we we found that's that's kind of so we put out January hymn like did, that one was kind of written and done very quickly. Um, but that, it doesn't give us that much time to kind of like uh, live with them to make sure that we're ready to release them. But that, that the, the the sort of having that deadline has been really good for us. I think like otherwise we just get sort of overwhelmed with other things to do and right. Yeah. And that's like one of the good things now about the business and like with, you know, just make, producing, making your own music, you put it up when you want. You're basically your own boss. You know, you know you're at the mercy of a record label, you know, release date. You know? And it's good. I think it kind of keeps the fans more involved, you know, wanting more rather than just releasing like, you know, five or ten songs at once. You know, and they kind of go through it and then, okay, they're done. So now you hear that one song, wait for the next one. Maybe listen to the previous song again. Why wait for the next one? So it's kind of keeps you guys, you know, relevant for like the whole year. It, it, yeah. That that's how it's feeling, and de and definitely just like seeing our Spotify numbers. It just it's nice to see like there's the longest time where I don't want to think about it was our own it was our big song that everybody streamed, and then our other songs not so much. Um, it's nice to see all the new ones just sort of like in the in the list of the our the top streams that week or whatever. Yeah, no, that, that's it's great. Yeah, but I was going to go back to um, the follow up to Heroin, which is Quiver, which I. I it's so one of my favorites. Um, you know, good good contrast to heroin. Uh, yeah. It's a weird thing to say, but uh, <laughs> uh, but, but your last on network um, was that just basically just irreconcilable differences with the, the label? <laughs> it was it was intentionally written, I believe, as a contrast to heroin. Like yeah, I mean, we've never wanted to put the same record out twice. Right. Um. And and really, I mean, yeah, we just we just refused to put the same record out twice. And I I think in a perfect world they wouldn't have minded another gold record, <laughs> yeah. so we could just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. I guess you know they they just want the same because they see numbers. They don't yeah. really listen to music. They see how well performed, but it's you know it's unfortunate. I really think about the creativity side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but a trampoline. I I love that video. That you oh, guys thank did. you. One of my favorite songs. Yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun.
Were, were, were you pregnant with that video? I was, I was yeah. So I was pregnant with Georgia, hey? Yeah. 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 So they, so clearly it, it is not me doing all the contortionist stuff. Right. That was a body yeah, double. That was, that was, yeah. yeah. So the idea was just some way to hide the belly. Um, and you know, that was, I mean, there were, there were, there were signs, but I, I wanted to actually show the belly and the, the record company just wanted to hide, hide the belly. So that was, that was one thing, but yeah, yeah. they just didn't people to know I was pregnant for some reason, even though I was what, 30 and married for 10 years already or something like that. Like no one can know you're pregnant because mm-hmm. for some reason this is going to be a problem to sell records, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. So we had to have that. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the song was bad or what it wasn't. It was fantastic. But, you know, yeah. God forbid you're pregnant. You know, that's, yeah, that's I know. I, Heaven forbid the married woman in the band is going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not so, available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But was, was that considered like a successful album for you guys? Artistically. It, artistically, yeah. People seem to really like it, but it didn't didn't sell nearly the numbers that no. um, heroin did. Um, yeah, I, don't, I still don't know why we got some radio play off of it. We didn't have the same video play that we had. Right. I think, although, yeah, you would have thought. I don't want to think about it did really well at much music. In yes. Canada. Yeah. And the thing is like, we made some really cool videos on that, on that album. Like the, the one in the clothes dryer, which, which one is that for? That's pretty Lip. Pretty Lip is yeah. on Quiver, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, I, 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 like I literally wrecked my, like ripped the skin off my knees crawling around in, in the clothes dryer. Um, and we loved the, we loved how that looked, but network kept saying, you got to cut more of that out of the video, cut more of that out in, in the editing process. They, they didn't think much music would like it. We submitted to much music, much music grabs that and uses it in one of their little commercial clips, whatever those things yeah, are called. The dryer itself. The, the, yeah. the clip of me in the dryer is what music much music loved. Yeah, Had we just left the video the way that editor and, and Lisa man, the director wanted much music might've actually liked it more, but it's just that thing where, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and you got to try to please everybody. And, yeah. you know, it is just that thing, whatever. Yeah. So is that when you, you basically just said, like, we're done, we're going to go everything independently now and just be our own bosses? It was, I, I mean, it I think mutual. It, was, it was, yeah, it was a mutual process. I think the, the, the point where we left was around, we'd written a song called Wrong to Let You Go and it already had a release pathway because there was a guy at Warner who liked their music and wanted to put it on. They had these compilations called Woman in Song. So it already had a place to go. It already basically had recouped any recording costs for it. We were excited about it. Network wasn't. And I think that was kind of the exit point. Yeah. Right. We, we, we'd we submitted that as a song for our next record and they they weren't down with they it. They declined. So we said, okay. And it went on to sell like, well, in, in, in Germany, it was a number seven on their pop chart. Like, it, it was a huge, huge, huge song. I've been to all the familiar places. I've been running like a sentence, never begun. I've been looking for a way to let you know. I've got nothing left to fill the spaces I've got nothing but a center Coming and done I've been doing circles and did 
So our biggest song our biggest ever. song ever yeah. uh, like ever anywhere um and so it was just you know we just didn't see eye to eye on i guess creative decisions business decisions it was time to move on how and did, there, how did Ger- i'm sorry how did germany pick that up through this um dj atb on tonneberger yeah so he did a remix well he took the song and re- re- reworked it without the flamenco guitar that was on the Canadian version um, and did a, an EDM version of a, a dance version. and But it was on the dance, it was on the German pop chart, like on their, whatever they call them. Yeah. They don't tend to be as siloed over there. Everything, like they just, they like music, period. It's not necessarily 
dance charts versus pop chart. But there, this was this was on there. This was on the chart, chart, which meant I had to go on top of the pops um, in Germany, and it was kind of last minute, and I was kind of 38 and a half weeks pregnant with child number two, right. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to fly. <laughs> and we'd never met any of these folks. We hadn't met Andre yet or his manager, and so we got a phone call. I got a phone call. I still remember the the manager. Heavy German accent, which I won't even try to replicate. But, you know, you know, could you please come over and sing on top of the pops next week? Um, I would love to, but I'm not allowed to fly. I'm very, very pregnant. Oh, do you have any sisters? Yeah, I have three sisters, none of whom are going to want to come to Germany yeah. and sing on top of the pops. So eventually, um, my hairdresser, our hairdresser, who had done our hair and makeup for most of our videos went over and pretended to be me on top of the pop. She put a dark wig on. She knew my moves. She knew my expressions and she faked it. And it's on record. And Ginger Spice from Spice Girls introduced her, me, as yeah. Roberta Carter Harrison, country singer from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's craziness. Oh. And uh, everybody, everybody lip syncs on top of the pops. So. Right. Everybody would be faking it, so yeah. she just faked it. Oh, that's funny. Is that video like on YouTube or anything like that? We, I think we have a copy of it. We have a copy somewhere. We've yeah. seen little bits of it um, come and go. I don't know that a good copy exists on YouTube yet. We have to put it up. Yeah, someday. we should put it up. It's on, um, yes. She did an amazing job. Yeah, she's. she's and I great. did go back to Top of the Pops a few months later. We had another hit with Andre with ATB. Um, we ended up doing six or seven or eight songs with him yeah. over the next three or four years. Um, and and then when I went back to Top of the Pops, I was sitting in the makeup chair and the makeup artist said, huh, something's changed. And I said, oh, I had a baby. <laughs> Everything changes when you have a baby. Yeah. Did it, besides her, did anyone, was anyone else suspicious? I don't think so. I think well, I think we pulled it off. Yeah. And I was actually allowed to sing for real when I went back. The uh, manager put his foot down and said, "No, no, no. She can sing. You got to let her sing." So I did actually sing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, besides your collaboration, like ATB, like you also like other EDM music, which I mean, yeah. you know, kind of like branched you out to like a whole other like you know stratosphere to speak. Um, how? Um, how much fun is that? And like, basically, you could, what do you just like send in your your vocals, your tracks, and you just, all just yeah. mix it in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it came at a great time because we just had our second child, um, so it was, a, it was the perfect thing to keep us doing music without necessarily having to go on the road. Um, yeah, we would just send them. Uh, that EDM music is, uh, I, I would always write something at half tempo, like a, a ballad at half half the tempo that's going to end up. Um, we'd, we'd send them a demo, and then when if they liked it, we would just send over the vocals, and then they would rebuild the track. Right. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's another, you know, basically spinning your music, which, which, which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how much, like, Obviously, when you release, uh, you know, Twist, you mentioned the form of years and you know, the rest of your independent releases. How much more work is that for you guys now, basically, just being on your own and just doing everything on your own? Well, it got slower there for a while. I mean, the single a month thing, we're really, really trying to keep keep ourselves in gear here. But for, for some years there, 
was pretty slow because <laughs> yeah. it's a lot, right? Right. Um, and still, still, I mean, it doesn't pay the bills anymore. So still working to keep everything else going. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, uh, we, we do everything ourselves now. And Ken, you mentioned you're, you're a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, I work in psychiatry in Toronto on an on an ACT team, which has always been it's been a nice thing. ACT is that stands for a sort of community treatment, so it's basically the return of the house call uh, for people with schizophrenia. Um, I've I've always had the uh, sort of good um, support of having uh, other colleagues that will sort of split a job with me, so I, it allows me to do it three days a week. Um, so, which gives me, so I'm more, I have more time not working than I am working. So there's lots of time to do music and be with kids and Roberta. Roberta, you're also working as well, right? Yeah, um, I'm teaching yoga now. I was a physiotherapist, but I, uh, I sort of let that lapse for too long to, to go back to that. But I love the yoga. Yeah, yeah, I could get to use the physio knowledge in, in my yoga classes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that you'd play like best for fifty during your yoga sessions. <laughs> I've got a couple of a couple tracks. Sometimes I have a bunch of different yoga playlists, so I do slip a little bit in sometimes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone know or no? Yeah, some people do know. Yeah. Okay. People yeah. ask me why I don't just sing during class. I'm like, well, that's just too weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get, get your makeup artist to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Best for 50. That was like, it was so different. And it, 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 it it's fabulous. It, it's, it's really well done and really, really yeah, enjoyed. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, you don't want to, you guys don't want to do, you know, same music for, you know, two like albums in a row or every other album. But how do you decide, like, you want to do a particular sound for that album? Yeah. That one of Best for 50 came after. Oh, I forget the band. I was there was somebody that we just loved their record. Um, so I mapped out all their tempos um, <laughs> from their record and, and committed to Vesper <laughs> Fifty was like specifically trying to match their tempos, song for song. Right. Oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on which artist yeah, it was. I remember you told me. I can't think of it either. Yeah. And that, that, yeah, I mean, it's nice to always to have a little bit of a, um, a kind of a, something that narrows your palate or focuses what you're working on, like a little sort of challenge, of, whether that be like a lyrical response song to another song or, or just yeah, or something like like just sticking with whatever tempos had been on another record they really liked, and those tempos were really slow, so it completely changed the. There's a lot more space on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's really chill and I really enjoy it. It's yeah. The the song five contentions is that was that kind of a playful you know kind of term for hockey? Because you know the five five for fighting, you know five for good intentions. It kind of like a reversal. <laughs>
<laughs> um, I, there was a, I, I was trying to also number the songs. Right. Yes. So there was, there's, there should be, I can't, I can't remember if this actually worked out in the end, because some of them are instrumentals. But yeah, I think this song on the, the album. Five was supposed to be song number five. Five for good intentions was. Yeah, so I think yeah, I mean maybe yeah. I'm I I know much about sports, but <laughs> but being a Canadian, that yeah. has to seep in. Yeah. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now when you you were touring at World Fair and you you opened up some you know big artists, you have any like memorable stories about touring? They were all really great to Georgia when she was alive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, that was when you meet big artists. It's all it's a little bit of a it's nice to have an icebreaker. And so having a kid. Yeah. Was nice. We met Liz Fair. Um, who else? Michelle. Michelle and Diego Cherlo. Yeah. I sat beside Cheryl Crow at press conference. She was nice. Yeah. The Cowboy Junkies. Cowboy Junkies were great. Yeah. Yeah, and having kids out on tour was that. That was a nice way to break mm-hmm. the ice. Yeah. Has Has anyone, you mentioned, just mentioned Cowboy Junkies, has anyone really compared your voice to Margo's? Because it's, it's pretty yeah. I mean, we worked with Peter Moore, who helped them. Well, he recorded that album, The Trinity the Sessions. Trinity Sessions. Okay. And then we started working with him early on. For bet you think I'm lonely, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there he were some comparisons. Lonely. He mixed it, yeah. Yeah. There were some early comparisons, I think, because of that too, eh? Yeah, for sure. And um, I think, yeah. I mean, I think some of our rejection letters earlier on. They so might refer we, we're to generally that. we don't. We've already got. We've already got coverage. Yeah, we don't need another one. Yeah. Well, it's everything but the girl. They would say we've already got everything but the girl. We don't need another. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't see that one though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah. That's a weird one to compare to. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like you obviously toured in the states a little bit with Little Fair and um, opening acts at uh, a lot of set and stuff like that. What were some of your favorite cities you were at? Besides Buffalo, of course. <laughs> we, Buffalo, yeah, we had yeah. a great time. Yeah. Um. I remember we played a gig in Minnesota that was fun. Mm-hmm. We played a couple, actually, we played two gigs there. We played one on Lilith and then another one that uh, was a, one of those. A back had a bunch of people opening up. It was the same club, but it was Chibo Mato on that. Okay. I think. Sometimes we weren't right in the city and we didn't have time. Like we're outside of Boston. Yeah. So we didn't actually have time to even get into Boston. Yeah, right. right. Because then you just had to move on to the next right. yeah. the next place. I mean, we got to go to Chicago a couple of times because of ATB, like yeah. with Andre. That so, was a great city. Like yeah. we, that was great. And, yeah. and what was it, five or six years ago, we went to um, L.A. with Andre. And yeah, New that York. was a good like we, we, L.A., San Francisco. We've been able to do a bit with, with the dance, with the EDM stuff, um, which I remember a little bit more because it was a bit more recent. Yeah. <laughs> Um, love Chicago. Montreal was always great. Yeah. Vancouver was fun. Buffalo, yeah. I think was. Yeah. I got, love Buffalo. The fans in Buffalo had to be. 
Absolutely. The best. It was like our second home, eh? Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's basically, you know, Canada South. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is great. You plan to do any more, like, EDM work? Um, We just, yeah, we just did a song a couple months ago. We put out with a, 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 a I guess, a, what do you call it, repatriated German, a German guy who lives now in the yeah. States. Is that Gunner? Gunner's. Tiger Tiger Forest. Forest, he goes by. Gunner's. It's down. kind of almost like ambient. And AM. More ambient, yeah, chill. Um, but yeah, we get the odd requests. Not as m- many as we used to. Yeah. Um, I don't There's really. The Alex Hush stuff we're doing. We're doing. Yeah, we're, that's right. We've got another one coming out. You're right with Alex Hush. Um, I don't know what. Like we don't follow that scene too much, so I'm not really sure. I know it. it that scene sort of came into the four for a while, maybe a couple of years ago. It was really popular and has. I don't know if it's died down a bit again. If it's still. Such a big deal, maybe in the underground. I, I don't know much about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not really our music so much. Yeah. Um, we just throw out these top lines and yeah, exactly. Are, are you go like, back to our wild cave? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Are you surprised like about the finished product on on some of these when you just like send yeah. in your vocals? Yeah. And... Sometimes we're surprised. There's a guy. There's a Matt Dairy in yep. England. Yeah, we've done we've stuff a couple with songs Matt. with him. Yeah. It's, it's always like super interesting like, yes. just from a, t- a production perspective it's always like super cool it's another whole world right like sonically it's an it's another whole place right do they ever like will they just release it before like do they send you a copy before they release it and see if you guys approve of it most yeah. of the most time. of them do. yes yeah, most yes. Of them, yeah. yes yeah. has there ever been one that you really didn't really like <laughs> Again, it, I think it's usually it's hard for us to judge because it's not our music, right? Yeah. It's, I remember yeah. Todd Terry did a remix of one of the ATB songs. That, Speaking of we, we kinda, everything we, but the girl, we kind of did. Yeah. Um, but Andre hated it. Yes. So it never came out. That's right. That's right. Have, have they taken any of your older songs and tried to EDMize it? Sometimes we keep repitching all this. We've tried pitch, yeah. I think there's some older stuff he could he could totally, yeah, but he hasn't gone for it. Yeah, we tried to pitch. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. It's a couple. Yeah. Um, just because it sounds like the sort of thing it's sort of trancy already. Yeah. But nope. I think te- tempos are really important for them. So if we write it halftime, that that it's easy for them to right. feel that kind of faster pulse on mm-hmm. it. If something's kind of mid tempo. They've kind of got to do a lot of fancy footwork to get it into the tempo they want. Right. Which you can do more now these days with Ableton and stuff. Like you can get, you can speed up vocals without pitching them up. Right. Yeah. So, uh, last question. I, I always ask this for everybody. Um, I know you won the, the contest for the, you know, playing a song on the radio, but where were you the first time you heard that song on the radio? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, the first time we've ever heard our, our our music on the radio, like we would would have been before um, the CFNY stuff. There was a guy on CBC Late Night okay. named Wisdom who played, I think, like early on, like would cassettes. Have been May I call you Beatrice? It might have been May I call you Beatrice. Like and that was the song Ken had on before we had Wild Strawberries. It was Ken singing and I sang backup. Yes. I was in a library once. I was looking up the word inept in the dictionary. And 
And above the dictionary, there was a girl in a chair reading Dante. So this guy loosens his tie rather suavely and walks up to her and says in a knowing voice, Ah, may I call you Ah, Beatrice? And the next thing he knew, his nose was flattened somewhere between heaven and hell. Sunburned chicks and the eyes to the ground Making your wax tongue tied Got a sound Thinking of a lost trip Dialing the indelible Thinking the unthinkable No one's home And they ask say I don't believe we've met I don't believe you've had the privilege I don't believe we've met Now I remember we had to stay up late to hear. You knew yeah. it was coming? Because I, yeah, how did I know it coming? It was pre-email. You might have been listening to his show. I think he I heard the show. Said, and yeah, and I think this. I'm going to play this. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't even. I remember that was, that was a great experience. Of course. I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I can remember. We've since had like experiences where we walk into like rec, uh, record stores or shopping malls. And our music will come on. That that's yeah, also that's kind awesome. of fun. Yeah. That's gonna be my next question. Like the most interesting place you heard one of your songs. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm bad for this kind of stuff. I'm not good at documenting or remembering like those big important moments. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think maybe grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Always, that's always kind of grocery stores with your kids. I think For, that's the, when the kids when, when the kids say, "Hey, mommy, isn't that you?" Like that's yeah, pretty that, special, you know. Yeah. When they first notice or or recognize, right. that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, the liquor store, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great, but uh, Roberta, Ken, this was fantastic. I've been a big fan of you guys for you know over twenty years now. But all the best going forward with everything. Thank you so Thank much. You Lovely to speak yeah. with you. And a special thanks to Ken and Roberta for joining me today. Man, I love them. They're great. And check out their single of the month. It's available on their Spotify page along with their entire catalog. Check out their website, wildstrawberriesmusic.com. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first thefirstnoel19 or the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. 
go to iTunes. You can check out all the past episodes we've had. We've got plenty now. And please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. Go to SoundCloud. Go to Podbean. And if you want a t-shirt, a hoodie, a phone case, a mug, Father's Day is coming up. They make great presents. Go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com. A new episode comes out every week. Stay safe, and we'll see you then.